Well, hello, Greyfriars, and happy Pentecost. Uh, I'm not sure if that's something that people say to one another, but there we go. It is uh, Pentecost. Uh, and if you're watching this today and you're perhaps a little bit more familiar uh, with the church's calendar, then you may know that Pentecost is the day on which we remember and we celebrate that when Jesus ascended after his resurrection, he didn't leave us by ourselves on our own, but he sent his Holy Spirit uh, to be with us closer than he ever had been before, to be with us in our hearts. And that's what we're going to think about and talk about together uh, today. How we can be people who know God's presence more than ever before in and working through our lives. People who carry God's presence wherever we go. That's what we're going to be thinking about this Pentecost. But before we do that, why don't we pray together? Lord Jesus, we thank you for the gift of your spirit. And we ask now as we come to your word that you would fall afresh by that same spirit. The spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, the spirit that fell at Pentecost. Would you come now, Holy Spirit, and be with each one of us wherever we are. And in being with us, help us to know, to love and to follow Jesus Christ. We ask this in Jesus' good name. Amen. Amen. Well, as well as being Pentecost, today is also uh, the end of our sermon series, Life Transformed. And over the last five weeks, we've been looking together at what it means, what it looks like to live a spirit-filled, a spirit-infused, a spirit-transformed life. We've been unpacking the sort of life uh, that is made possible when the Spirit comes, like he did at Pentecost and as he continues to do today. And so we've seen how when the Spirit comes, he equips us with new gifts and he renews our character so that we can be more like our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. And that in being more like Jesus, we can bring glory to God. We've thought about how the Spirit isn't just limited to working in us, but how he works through us and in the world to bring God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. So that God's blessings aren't constrained to one family, to just the church, but they can be known in the world. And all of these themes that we've been exploring over these last five weeks come together in the passage that we just heard read to us from Acts. Because we see that these formerly doubtful and fearful and fickle disciples are transformed into bold and faithful preachers of the good news of Jesus Christ. They're empowered by the Spirit to speak in new languages so that people can hear that good news. People from every corner of the globe as we hear in those places listed. And so that they can hear the message of the coming kingdom of God. Pentecost is the first example of what the Spirit is always at work doing when he comes and fills his people when he's present amongst them. Pentecost shows us 
lives transformed, the church empowered, the gospel proclaimed and the world blessed. Pentecost is wonderful. It's one of my favourite times of the year in church, but this year Pentecost is a little bit different, isn't it? As I've been preparing to speak today in this very unusual Pentecost, I've had this question running through my head, perhaps in a way that I've never had it before. How on earth can this vision of life transformed, life transformed by the Spirit, how can this be for us today? How could we possibly experience the sort of empowering, transforming, blessed life that we see in Acts? I mean, even at the best times in our lives, but but these are definitely not the best times that most of us have experienced, are they? Life in lockdown is far less than we would want it to be in so many ways. So many of us feel so constrained and limited. We're stuck in our homes. We're unable to meet together as church. We're unable to meet with friends and family in the way that we would want to. So how in such a time of limitation could a life transformed by the Spirit be for us? How could this happen in such a time as this? Well, as I've been asking myself that question, preparing to speak today, I've seen in these words we've heard read from Acts the answer to that question. And so I want to share today what I think God wants to speak to us uh, in these verses. And it's a word of challenge and a word of encouragement. And the challenge is to live the sort of life where the Spirit would come and work again as he has done throughout history. And the encouragement is to realise that he has met with his people time and time again in less than ideal circumstances, and he can do it again. So firstly, let's think about that challenge. And it's this, the spirit comes where he is invited. Look with me at verse 14 of chapter 1. It says this. They all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. They all joined together constantly in prayer. Before Jesus' ascension, he told his disciples to go and to wait together to receive the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's exactly what they did, but they didn't wait passively. Now we see in uh, this verse and in the beginning of Acts that they waited actively. Acts tells us that they joined together constantly in prayer. Prayer is generally considered one of the main themes of Acts. Time and time again, the believers gather together in prayer so that they might receive the power of the Holy Spirit afresh in order to go out and be God's presence in the world. And what we see in Acts, and in fact throughout the whole of the church's history, is that prayer is the precursor to God's presence. Prayer is always the precursor to God's 
presence. It says we invite God to be with us and to move in us in power by his Holy Spirit. As we ask, God delights to answer. God loves to be with his people when they pray. And so uh, if you go on to read Acts, and it's a fantastic book, what you'll see time and time again is people praying and God turning up and answering. But it's not just limited to Acts, but it's what we see time and time again throughout the history of the church. It's been pointed out that every great spiritual awakening, every revival, every move of God in the church that we've seen over its thousands and thousands of years has been preceded by a significant movement of prayer, by a renewal of the life of prayer in the church. In fact, it's never been seen without prayer. Whenever God has moved, it's always been traced back to prayer. Just one example that I love is the story of the Hebridean revival. A story some of you may know. There are great books about it if you want to find out more. But it was the last major revival to take place uh, in the UK. It happened in about 1949. And whole communities uh, on the Hebridean islands encountered the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. They repented of their sins and they turned to Christ. It's an amazing move of God. Incredible things happened to to many, many people. But if you trace the story back, you see that it all started with two women, one who was 84, another who was 82 and was blind. And these two women longed to see their community transformed. But because of their physical states, they couldn't do very much, but they could pray. And so they committed together to pray twice a week, every Tuesday and Friday, from 10pm until about 3 or 4 in the morning. They committed to pray twice a week like this for their community, that God would come and move in power. And they continued like that for for some time and, and perhaps not much seemed to happen, but they eventually felt prompted by God to invite others to pray with them. So that's what they did. They invited a local minister and some uh, local people from their their church to pray as well. And these two women couldn't leave their cottage because of their physical state and their cottage wasn't big enough to have people come and join them to pray. So they would pray in their cottage, the two of them together, uh, and the local minister and the others who wanted to join him prayed in a barn nearby. They pray at the same time, but separately. And this continued for six weeks and the, the prayer meeting in the barn grew slightly, but not significantly. But then six weeks later, revival began. And it was as that group together in the barn and the women in their cottage sensed God calling them to commit themselves to personal holiness. And they made that decision to make that commitment. The spirit of God fell just as they'd been asking. And their communities were transformed. Hundreds came to faith. Lives uh, were transformed, but it wasn't incredible evangelistic preaching. It wasn't effective social outreach. It wasn't brilliant strategic planning that made that all happen, as important as those things can be. No, it was the faithful prayers of the saints, asking God to send rain on a dry and thirsty land. 
It was that that moved the heart of God and saw a community changed. You know, there was nothing special about the Hebrides. You know, it wasn't that the Spirit wasn't present with Christians in Glasgow at the same time. Of course, he was. He was there. He is there whenever God's people gather together. He's with us at all times. But where he was invited, where his people sought after him in prayer, he came and he brought his more. I wonder, do you want to experience the more of God? Does your heart long for new character and new gifts, for the fresh blessings that we've been seeing are the work of the Spirit over these last few weeks? Do you want your heart to be transformed so that you do the things that you want to do and you stop doing the things that you hate that have you enslaved? Do you want your home to be transformed so it becomes a place in which the manifest presence of God can be experienced and encounter, can, can be shining like a beacon in your streets, amongst your neighbours? Do you want our church to be transformed so that we become a people who love God so radically and so beautifully that his name is made famous in our time? Do you want our community to be transformed so the least and the last and the lost can find hope and love in Jesus Christ? Do you want the more of God? Because if you do, can I encourage, can I challenge you and challenge me to become people who pray, who invite God to come and be with us and move in our time. The brilliant author A.W. Tozer said this, to desire revival and at the same time to neglect prayer and devotion is to wish one way and to walk another. God comes where he's wanted, where he's invited. He comes to people of prayer. And can I be really honest with you? I don't find this easy. Prayer is not an area of my life that I feel like I've got it completely sorted. In fact, far from it. Prayer is an area that I feel most challenged, most weak, most, um, yeah, not capable. I, I feel uncertain when it comes to prayer, I don't really know what I'm doing. I'm not preaching to you today from a place of, of having this all sorted, but from a place of knowing that I need God to help me with this, to help me want to be better, to help me to be better, because prayer is essential. But I am trying to learn how to pray, and I'm doing three things that maybe uh, some or all of them might be helpful for you. Firstly, I'm, I'm trying to read a psalm every day and use that as a prompt for prayer. Uh, secondly, I'm reading a, a great book by Pete Gregg called How to Pray, and that's just really helping me in my thinking and my praying. 
And finally, over the coming weeks, I'm going to be engaging with uh, all of you uh, in our next sermon series, which is going to be looking at prayers through the Bible. And I'm believing and trusting that God's going to use that to help make me more a person of prayer. Those are just the three things I'm doing at the moment. Maybe they'll be helpful for you. Maybe they won't be. But whatever you do, can I implore you to do something? Can I implore you to pray? And pray how you can, not how you can't. Don't feel any burden for your prayers to look like you think they should look. Just pray how God has made you to pray. Discover how God has made you to pray. Maybe that will be using the Lectio 365 app. Maybe that will be finding some other people to pray with you regularly because you find it difficult by yourself. Maybe that will be praying with a prayer list. Maybe it will be praying when you go on your walk uh, each day. Whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Just pray. Pray for God to come. Pray for God to be at work. Pray. You know, the Spirit At Pentecost, we remember this particularly, but it's always true. The Spirit is God's gift to his people. It's not the quality of our prayers that matter, but the one to whom we pray. And the God to whom we pray is loving. He's faithful. He wants to answer your prayers more than you want to ask them. So just pray. God loves to come to the places where he's welcomed, where he's invited, where he finds his church praying. So that's the challenge. But I think there's also an encouragement for us today, and it's this. The spirit comes to where we are. Let's look at verses one and two of chapter two. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were setting. You know, this Pentecost, I'm feeling a new and and different than before solidarity with those first disciples in Jerusalem. Because like us, obviously, for very different reasons, the disciples did not find themselves in ideal circumstances. As far as their enemies were concerned, their leader had been killed. No doubt to their own confusion and disappointment, Jesus was gone and they were waiting for something they probably didn't quite understand. And so they were holed up in a home in Jerusalem and they waited and prayed You know, I'm sure this room of men and women committed to a crucified Lord and Saviour looked like the least likely people in the world to see the world transformed. And yet, and yet, by the empowering of God's Spirit, it was right into that solitary, lonely, isolated house that God met them that God transformed them and that God equipped them to be his people in the world and the rest is history. I don't know about you, but I am finding lockdown life uh, not infrequently frustrating. I'm finding it difficult, I'm finding it painful. 
You know, it's hard to see how God could use this time or use me in this time for his purposes or for his glory, for my own good even. It's hard to see how God could do that. But the story of Pentecost reminds me, reminds us that God can come and meet us exactly where we are. When we can't be where we want, where we can't be with all the people we would like to be with, when we can't worship in the way that is our preference or encounter God in the way that perhaps feels most natural to us, in in the midst of a situation that is far from ideal, God can come. He's done it before and he will do it again. So maybe you, like me, like many of us, uh, are finding Sunday online difficult in many ways. It's a real gift, it's a blessing, but but perhaps it's not exactly what you want. Maybe faith in lockdown has been a challenge as routines and patterns that usually supported and held you up have been taken away from you. I think God wants to remind us that he is bigger than this crisis that he can meet us where we are even when we're when we're locked in and that he doesn't need to keep two meters away from our hearts he can come he can come even now he can come to where you are and so this pentecost i want to finish by giving us an opportunity With expectancy and faith, I want to ask God to come and meet with us, wherever we are, by his Holy Spirit and by his presence with us to transform us and to empower us to live for his glory. I'd like to pray that for everyone who wants uh, to pray that along with me, wherever you are. But I also want to pray for some people specifically as well that he would come and empower you to be in the vanguard of prayer for whatever God wants to do in our time, in our world, in our church. That he would make you a person who prays to see a fresh move of God in our hearts, in our homes, in our church and in our community. Because perhaps as I've been speaking, I've been talking about this challenge to pray, you've felt God tugging at your heart, calling you to join this move, to be one of his people who renews our life of prayer. It's for all of us, but perhaps you've particularly felt that call this morning to commit yourself to prayer. And if you're feeling that way, I've been feeling that increasingly over these last weeks and months, uh, then I'd like to pray that God would empower you to pray, that he would make you a person of prayer, that he'd teach you to pray so that our, our God might be welcomed into our community, that our town might be interceded for, that we might see revival in our time.